We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Backliners. Uh, I'm filling in for Agra. My name's Gore. That's Mara. Uh, oh, I've got to mute the stream so I can uh, I can uh, focus on things. Um, I am Barracuda. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm tainting the podcast. Not by my, well, I guess with my presence. Uh, in essence, because I'm, I'm a frontliner. And I feel like I need to be upfront about that. Because I feel like I'm lying to the people. Uh-huh. I know it's just the name of the, the podcast. And I know blah, 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 blah. But I feel like I'm a liar. Well, as long but, as you act like a backliner for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Okay, so tanks are OP. Uh, I need like to buff my class. Mm-hmm. I'm like in the I'm, <laughs> I'm in well, the right zone. Well, what are your honest opinions about tanks right now, from a from a tank player perspective? You know, uh, I wish I could give like better in depth thoughts. I feel like I'm not like I have fun when I play them, and I don't think that's like it's not the most analytical thing in the world, right? Like to 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 just say like it's. I enjoy it. I do feel like my builds have been bland. Like, I feel like I've been building the same, like, three items for the last two years, three years. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something to, to be said about that. But uh, definitely, I don't know. I still have a lot of fun. But to do the host por- portion of this, I'm filling in for aggro. Mm-hmm. He's fine, but mm-hmm. not here. So I'm here. Sorry <laughs> to welcome everyone. To uh, welcome to the fish tank. Um, and we're going to be talking about patch notes, which there was a lot in a way, but also not so much, right? A lot in the sense that there was a new God, but I think like most of the other balance changes, like it was relatively, I think, lighter touch. A couple of changes to gods that I did not realize were getting changes, some buffs, some nerfs, mm-hmm. and I think a lot nerfed. of interesting things. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, okay, Marty did not get nerfed. Interesting. That's, um, that's weird i am not on that team so (laughs) so it's not me who makes any of those decisions there were also a couple of i think just like a couple of changes that were thrown towards conquest itself Um, but nothing too crazy a lot of it i think had to do with uh soul surges Mm -hmm. and the titans the unleashed titans um, which I'm actually going to be really excited to hear your opinion about. And I'm, but I'm going to ask you just for your your preference here. Mm-hmm. Would you rather start new God or start balance? Uh, definitely new God. 
New uh, God. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, sorry. I'm, tr I'm still trying to adjust the audio level. Sorry. Uh, right when I swapped streams, my audio got super scuffed <laughs> for some reason. It took, I don't know if you guys could hear me the whole time I was talking to Gore, but I cranked it like all the way down. And it took me like seven minutes to figure out how to change an audio source to the cracked one. And I just thought it was really funny because Agro always has audio issues every single time. And my audio has never been scuffed. And the one time I have to host it again, I don't, I don't know if I've hosted it from like from my streaming setup um, at all. This did, year. When uh, when Dave was guest hosting, did you ever did, did he just stream it? Uh, I streamed it. Yeah. Oh, OK. And so I, even when that happened, maybe I'm the problem, Barra. No, definitely not. Wait, is Wilson a backliner? He uh, he does play a lot of mid. I think that's that was his go to, go to role. I think I found was, the issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, because and, and this is something that is actually persisted. It's really it sucks if I'm honest about it. And it's because uh -huh. when we would do broadcast for a long time, if. I was casting. The set was bound and determined to go incredibly long. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, Finch was always destined to have. Uh, like it almost always seemed. No, I had technical difficulties. He had the ones that went really long. Which ones would you but then? Well, <laughs> the problem is, is that starting what halfway through season eight, I started having technical issues oh, no. and sets that went really oh. long. <laughs> and so all of a sudden it wasn't, oh, I could choose one or the other. And yeah. honestly, I think I'd prefer sets that go long, right? Because technical difficulty, mm -hmm. it's so hard to stand there when the game's paused and be like, yeah, we're all super happy about this. <laughs> not, not a single person's upset that the game is paused for the fourth time. Do they tell the casters what the issue is or do they just tell you guys keep stalling for time? It depends on when we learn. Like the first one, the first one we get is like games pause, you know, mm -hmm. coming out to you soon. And then... If we need like, you know, a minute later, you'll probably get hit with the like, hey, you know, we're like player client crash. We're restarting now. And like, so we'll get told then. Oh, but yeah. sometimes we'll wait a little bit before we actually know what's going on. And then there's the fun one, which is the war of is this information something I should say to the True. public? Like, yeah, do I want them like, you know what? Game crash. Like sometimes that happens. Games crash. We can we can say that. But someone if it was like, <laughs> yeah, someone picked a band skin, call him the hell out. Like, <laughs> yeah, Hindu has pulled us aside and been like, name them. He's like, but if they do that and you have to restart name and shame. Uh, but uh, then there are times where it's like, hey, you know what? Like we encountered like a bug that we didn't think we were going to be seeing. Mm -hmm. But don't tell everyone about the bug. <laughs> like, just say, hey, we're having technical difficulties, but we'll be back. Kind of stuff like that. Yeah, I think the worst is. um when a game crashes like halfway through the game as a, I mean, as a player, definitely, but as a spectator too, cause you're like, it kind of like your heart sinks. Cause you don't know if the game completely crashed and it's going to be a remake. Cause like yes. all that we see is just like, the like the last thing that happened in the game, unless the spectator gets completely kicked out and then you're like, Oh no. Like, what do we do now? Yeah, I think the most depressing moments are like when you're 20 minutes into a game mm -hmm. and it, it hasn't happened a whole ton lately, which knock on wood, I want to keep it that way. <laughs> but when you when you get that moment and it's like you see something goes at least on our end, we see something goes wrong in spectator. 
mm-hmm. you could see like a player drop their head or like hands come oh, up off the yeah. keyboard and then you stand up and the first thing i hear is so we had an instance crash and it's like oh no everything like we're all out nobody gets anything the game doesn't exist anymore i would hate so, saying that to people oh no it is especially like because i think we had it there was one time it happened in paladins i think that was like a best of seven mm-hmm. that ended up being eight games straight because we had to, to remake one of the games but then every time it happens it's like you just go so long because now all of a sudden that 20 or 30 minutes you've just got to do it again and you have to sit through picks and bands again in order yeah. by the way i don't know if viewers know that but we have to redo picks and bands in order we don't just like blind pick and immediately go back yep. into the game um personally. and the fun fact is because behind the scenes that's so that our data can still pull it for the website <laughs> that's why i thought it was yeah. just for, like the spectator vods um, i think Actually, you know what? It might have something to do with that as well. But I do think like because like if you go to the website and you mm-hmm. look at a match, you can see like ban, 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 ban and the, like the picks and stuff in order. And I think it also does something with populating our back end. So I think it's it's probably both. Honestly, it's just like, hey, we're going like we need it so we can get the stats from it. And also because otherwise something's going to go wrong. <laughs> I genuinely thought this whole time that someone was just typing in all the gods. For all the picks and bands, you know, I think for a long time, the the admins they might and they might still do it. They have like a sheet that is like just manual input. Mm-hmm. I manually input for my spreadsheet, and it's it's a. I'm gonna be honest, it's a pain. <laughs> I haven't done it in like three <laughs> weeks. Oops. Um, but I think for back end, I think it auto populates because they we have wizards that work, <laughs> that work for us and are able to get stuff like that. That must be nice. Yeah, there's no wizards yeah. on my team, unfortunately. Well, maybe Scream. I think Scream, you know, Scream is like wizard energy. He's, he's got wizard energy. Just sometimes he's wizard, sometimes he's not. <laughs> that does bring me to something, though, because talking about your team, your team's yeah. the Ravens. Uh-huh. Watch this segue. This is actually about to be sick. You guys play very often against the Ferryman. Mm-hmm. So I want to know how you feel about them getting a literal mascot announced today in Caron, who is the Ferryman. Like, he's the guy. Does that, like... Is that a bummer? <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of already have Odin a little bit. You know, he's got a few yeah. random abilities. Um, it is funny timing-wise that they just won the land, and then they get a whole god. <laughs> like, this is more than teams get for worlds. I mean, yeah, obviously, right. it's not actually connected. <laughs> like, they didn't release a god all about, you know... Because um, I think that nine months ago, Hindu gave him yeah. the script and said, all right, ferrymen are going to be winning in the summer. Make sure Caron comes out. They're going to be trash in the split. And then when it gets to land time, they're just going to win. We're going to put on a patch just for them, actually. You know, so Ganesh and Tara are really good for a tournament. Rourke <laughs> hard carries on those and they'll just win. That's fine. It was a. I think I talked to Lermy earlier and I asked at one point was like, did the, the fact that the sticks ferryman call it, row it down, change anything to do with the God. And unfortunately the answer was no. The answer was outside of like some blog posts. Uh huh. It didn't really affect anything, but then his third ability came out. Like, did you see the dash like that? <laughs> he, he rose it down. Like he's literally like the embodiment. It's the perfect mascot. <laughs> No, I haven't seen anything, so I didn't see like any of the patch notes showed today. Okay, um, so this is so we're going into new territory for you. Yeah, this is all brand new to me. Um, I was at Lynn's apartment today because she thought that um, she was getting a couch today, 
And she was like, oh, can you come over? You know, I don't want to be in the apartment alone. I was like, that's fine. Turns out the couch is being delivered tomorrow. <laughs> ah, so you've got to do it all over again. Uh-huh. And I think maybe on Saturday, too. Because she just moved here, so she's getting, like, a ton of furniture uh, delivered. Oh, man, the wallet, when we moved, the amount that you spend oh. on populating furniture is... Uh-huh. I did not realize couches were that expensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, it feels... It also feels really weird when you just have, like, such a big, empty space, and you're and like... there's nothing. Yeah, and you're like, should I just buy something for this? Should I just put something on the wall? <laughs> do I put something on the floor? Do I put a rug here? Do I put a couch here? I have, I think, I still have. Katie has uh, her whole space that isn't figured out yet. But mm. I have three posters. Like, I have my Smite launch tournament poster and then oh. the first Worlds poster that I've had hanging up since I got them, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still, right now, they're just, like, leaning up against the wall because I don't know where I'm going to put them. But then I also, we have a whole dining room, but I don't, own a dining room table same and tables are expensive (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah and so i think that's like when we finally need it we'll probably go for it but i do not foresee that being in my future for a while yeah Uh, moving sucks is the moral of the story yeah it costs lots of move things and then also you just have to awkwardly fill all of your space and if you're not like an interior designer and you don't have that energy it just feels really awkward it's like (laughs) We have like an upstairs area that's just blank yeah. right now. Like we like we never we never nice. go upstairs. So like what are we going to put up there? We have like a bed for the guest room, but like do we decorate with pictures of us? <laughs> yeah. No, that's like I think I cuz our hallway, I'm upstairs for us. Our hallway's yeah. right there. And every time I walk down and I'm like, you know, this is the kind of hallway that like if in like 20 years you've got a couple kids, like it's filled with pictures of like you uh-huh. and like the family. And I was like, but I don't I don't have any of that now so what when you don't have kids what like do i just hang up pictures of the dog i might do that actually that's a great idea just bunch of pictures of the dogs down the hall never mind you know what i figured out what to do with my hallway (laughs) yeah do like one of those um shoots where it's got like a progression picture i don't know how long your Mm -hmm. steps are you could do like the progression of the dog doing something as you're going down the stairs like a flip book (laughs) Like a little flip book. The faster you go, the faster it happens. True. Oh, dude, we're geniuses. <laughs> we're just okay. On interior design sorry. geniuses. We're, <laughs> now we're we're retiring from Smite. Yeah. This is an interior design podcast now. Welcome, guys. We, no, yeah. Patch notes. Caron uh-huh. comes out. See, this is the danger. I think I, I talked to Agro, and this is going to be the last one. I swear. Then I'll get into patch notes. I talked to Agro about it. And I feel like he had said that when Dave was on the show, it was like the most like rigid it had stuck to a format. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a I'm too comfortable talking to you and B I've hosted too many things that I'm really <laughs> fine, like deviating that. Yeah. We're going to follow a very similar <laughs> pathway uh, to where Agro was here, which yeah. means we've now done the time that is allotted for 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 spit and silly at the very mm-hmm. beginning. And we can move on to the actual thing, which is the patch notes. You yeah. said you didn't see anything uh, from from the patch notes at all. Not even uh, like nothing about the God. Li- nothing about the God. Nothing about the notes. Um, <laughs> I scream did say in the discord that uh, Bastet got buffed. <laughs> uh, I don't know what buff, um, but he did. He did, did say she? that she got. Buffed. Oh, yeah, she did. OK, well, uh, I see a lot of Bastet in your future. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, 
Oh, sorry, I'm going to go off tangent again. The Screams yeah, tweet about Bastet damage versus Martial <laughs> damage was so funny. Like, it just feels so crazy that Marty got released in the state that he's in. And, I mean, obviously, like, he can't auto-attack during his ult. But he can't take damage either from, like, the majority of sources outside of, like, a new yeah. ult. Um, which, he just... <laughs> it's just so funny. Sorry. On, on to Charon. <laughs> <laughs> on to Charon. And it's a good spot to, to start. So, for anyone who didn't watch, he's a guardian. He but is. he doesn't have, he is, yes, he is a guardian. Oh, okay. he, he has ranged autos. Um, and he's on a boat. Those two, <laughs> I don't know why that second one felt very important, but it did feel very important to mention he is on a boat. Uh, so this is the dude in lore that's like, the, he's the one who's known for taking people across the river sticks, right? You, like, you know how like when people, when they died, they were always like buried with two gold coins. That was to pay him to ferry their soul across the river stick so that they could do all the underworld stuff. Kieran's so there's a lot of stuff coin. that doesn't work without him. And that's where Kieran's coin comes from. Uh, oh. And so he is a, he is a guardian. I have played him once. Did you get any play tests like where he was involved or is, is he just not touchable for y'all until I guess Tuesday? Uh, well, I assume he's on PTS now. I don't know. If PTS Probably if PTS, if it's up, then he's there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't. But, I haven't touched him or seen him or okay. anything. I'm coming in he's, absolutely fresh. He's got no like hard CC. I think, well, I guess he's got like a root and stuff, but like a lot of what he has is like fears, slows, things like that. Like a um, Hades almost? Like a Hades style guardian? Yeah, similar to a Hades yes, in, in some ways, but the way it's activated is definitely going to be different. Someone in chat said PTS is up. So PTS is up. He's fun. It did take me a little bit personally to like get the feel for him because like mm -hmm. I'm I love playing things like Ymir and Maui where I can immediately like I can be level two and I'm still just a nuisance to you mm -hmm. versus you know I guess in this case I'm just going to use Charon as an example where I felt like I was starting to get really impactful during like the 3v3 groupings in mid then sudden like not so much in lane but more so when like hey we can finally like do some fights mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to go through it so I guess I'm just going to read his abilities as like a mini passionate yeah. show. But for us, if you want, I can read the abilities and you can yeah. talk about them because you probably know what they do. And uh, yeah, that way you're not talking for, you know, three minutes straight. Uh, passive <laughs> is called Ferryman of Souls. If Charon is in assist range while any friendly lane minion or jungle monster dies, their essence persists for Charon to collect for eight seconds, granting him one gold. Oh, that's cute. And a soul stack each. When Charon returns to base, he loses all soul stacks and gains a permanent Two max health per stack. Collection range is yeah. 20, max stacks is 20, and max health is 350. Yeah, so that one's simple, right? Mm -hmm. and, well, and in that, you're going to get the gold. I will say, so the max stacks of health you can get uh, is 350, or the max health you can get, max stacks is 20 that you can carry. But the gold keeps going, so like even late game, oh. uh, that one gold that you're going to collect every <laughs> on every wave still exists. So like a little bit of extra farm for him. That's like you said, it's cute. Uh, but I think a lot of it's mainly the health, right? He's a, yeah. he's a tank who gets tankier. He lurks really good with health items. And if you buy stuff like he's got. I mean, 350 health is like that's an item in and of itself. So by late game, you're pretty much getting a health item. So if you have more prots. You're just a tankier dude than 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 most of the other guardians. So you're basically gaining twelve health a wave. 
six. Yeah, it should be about 12. Oh, wait. So wait, the, if you're getting 12. All right, here, let's do some math. OK, that is your forte, which is really just so when you have now when you've completed 30 waves, as long as you were there for all of them and collected all of that, and that's not including like jungle bosses, then you've got max health, which 30 sounds like a lot until you realize like how many you just kind of idle by. Mm hmm. Yeah. But then adding in like the jungle camps as well. So that's going to take like three, 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 blah, 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 blah. Uh, you'll you'll get health pretty quickly. Yeah, I think the main thing that makes it worse is if is it's friendly lane minions versus enemy lane minions. Um, yeah, I think enemy lane minions are much easier to get stacks on versus friendlies. Because um, you're like you can if you and your mid laner are there and your mid laner pushes the wave, you just kind of have to awkwardly wait for the other mid laner to clear the way to get stacks. Yeah, you can leave and walk away. But I mean, that that's fine. Uh, next ability or first ability, I guess. Uh, Spectral Surge, Charon plucks a soul out of the sticks, firing it mm -hmm. as a lion projectile that damages and slows all enemies while stopping on the first god hit. If the soul hits an enemy god, it explodes in a damaging and silencing area around the target. All enemy gods hit by the explosion leave behind a damaging, slowing trail of the sticks for the next three seconds. And the yeah, range is so 60. Simple. It's a line ability. Mm -hmm. If you hit someone, it's got a little splash like circle around it. It does all that stuff you just said. But so it'll slow silence everybody that's in that that circle for like a second. But then if you get hit by it and you like start walking, you leave like little puddles behind that, if I remember correctly, like reapply the damage uh, uh -huh. and reapply like the slow. So it's like it's a fun little water thing, but it's also like really nifty to obnoxiously because it's not a big silence, but mm -hmm. any silence that just cuts the ability off, like right as you're casting it, especially if it's something that's channeled. It feels really nice. So this one's fun to be annoying. Yeah. I, also, I'm going to say it. I swear it feels in ways that the essence of this god was designed for a Roar's playstyle, which is be obnoxious. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think this is a very like skill capability because it's a short silence. Um, and I think the timing of this is it's kind of a long cooldown, too. It's 15 seconds cool. Base. Yeah. Um, well, base and max rank as well. Um, and the silence is pretty short. It's a nice slow at 20% of the soul and 15% on the trail. Um, but I, it seems kind of like a weird ability for support. Yeah, I, think. I feel like it works. It's one of those things that it works best in conjunction with the second ability. I think they work like because, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't do a lot of damage. And like you said, the silence is kind of low, but and spoiler alert before you read it, but the second ability does something with with you and, and gods near you. Allied gods is the, the term dealing damage to somebody that has been marked. Mm. And I feel like this one plays well off of that to, to kind of give you shields and stuff. Actually, yeah, I guess the radius is 15. Um, is that after you're hitting someone? 15 is pretty large if it's a little circle leaving behind. Yes. Huh. So when you hit it, so like you said, 60 away. Yeah. But then the circle, the radius of the circle is 15. So it's it's like a decent chunk around the god. Mm -hmm. uh, next ability, ability two. After a short delay, Charon creates a rift to the underworld in an area, dealing damage and marking all enemy gods for the next three seconds. Yep. The marked gods are revealed and have their attack speed reduced. Additionally, yeah, I love time, that. Yeah, any, additionally, any time an allied god hits a marked <laughs> god once per mark, per ability or basic attack, that's a word salad right there. The ally yeah. gains a shield for three seconds. Subsequent shields only grant 25% of the original value. That 
was okay. a, a lot of words right there in the middle yeah. of that. <laughs> so you, you drop a circle uh-huh. down. Yep. It marks, you know, anybody who's in it. And then if you hit them with one basic attack and then once per ability is what I'm going to say. So, like, mm-hmm. I mark you, I hit you with my one, my two, my three, my ult, and an auto. I'm going to get a shield from all of that, but the shield that you gain, I think it's based on the damage, if I remember correctly. It's, uh, oh, no, sorry. Shield health is 40 scaling up to 140 mm-hmm. plus 3% of Charon's max health, so it gets bigger as you build things. Uh, but the subsequent shield, so you can get, you can stack up to five shields, but each one only does 25% of the original value after the first one. So like I get a big shield up first and then I get, I have to literally use the rest of my entire kit to get another, like to essentially double the shield. So it's not like you're never going to see it doubled, but it is like a nice little thing. Plus it, it applies to, to allies, which I think is the big thing is like, if you're in mid, I mark the mid laner, me and you just like dump a couple abilities into him. Me and you got some some good shields for a little bit. Is this can I just basic attack him five times or do I have to? Is it like No, it's only once per. So like once you hit one basic attack, the next one won't apply. It's it's once per ability slash one basic. Okay, yeah, I didn't know if it was like once per like instance of damage. I think originally it was, but that okay. was you got way too many shields from that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so it's if you if you use your one, then mm-hmm. you and let's say it's because the mark only lasts for three seconds. If you use your one and somehow it's on a one second cooldown, let's say you're like Hebo with max cooldown. You hit your one and then you do it again. The first one's going to give you a shield. The second one won't. This I wonder if this ability if erosion is a good enough item in general to just get it for this ability, because I feel like you would get a ton of value with erosion um, for this ability. Yeah. And the cooldown goes down to 12 seconds, so I feel like in a team fight you will just... You should, in theory, be getting a ton of value, but I don't know if it's a good enough a- item stat-wise to be valued right now. To get Yeah, to get erosion? Mm-hmm. And one, I wonder if this ability, especially if Charon is meta, will be good enough to then make erosion no matter the stat meta mm-hmm. item. Yeah, that is true. Um, next ability, uh, Charon forcibly rose at a breakneck pace, charging forward with increased movement speed and reduced turn radius for 2.5 seconds. Charon is slow and knockback immune while charging. <laughs> Charon deals damage to and roots enemies he collides with as well as those directly yep. to his sides in the wake of his boat. So the targeter is a, a kind of a fat rectangle split into thirds. The middle roots for two seconds, if I, or sorry, one second. The sides root for half a second. Uh, this ability is just funny. Yeah, <laughs> like you literally just start rowing real fast. It's so funny. You do gain a hundred percent movement speed. So when they say like breakneck pace with increased movement speed, they mean literally double your movement speed. Yeah, you're going fast. I when the one play test we were winning, so I'm very biased, but it was so fun because we would start a team fight around Fire Giant and I would not let people back. I would not let them escape. I would just chase them down like I'm going from our side of the Fire Giant to their speed buff and like two abilities like I'm I am absolutely harassing the hell out of everybody. It was really fun. (laughs) Uh, And 
it looks kind of silly. You're like your slow radius or your turn radius is is slow. So you're not like instant able to to mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, they juke to the right. I can just hit them now. It but like, it is really fun as an engage and a disengage. Is it like Wukong? Uh, kind of like Oxform. Yeah, like where and I guess actually just all of them have like reduced turn radius. Yeah, I didn't know if some were more reduced because it's than like others. slow. Yeah, it, like you feel it when you're okay. trying to turn like. The only way I can describe it, it feels so stupid to say it this way, but like it really does feel like you're trying to turn a boat that is going <laughs> fast, like you're just going to go a lot wider than you think you are because you're moving super fast. OK, so you might have like the worst, maybe like a Chiron three, maybe more like that. Yeah, like that. Okay. That yeah. is exactly. Someone said it's like Atlas's dash turning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which also feels about right in my brain. Is he a wide character? He's kind of he's a he's a big skeleton boy. Yeah. I mean, he's got a boat, so I mean, I feel like he's got to be. He's also got a boat. The boat used to be a little bit bigger too, but I think they shrunk it to make it like <laughs> make more sense. Does he look? He goofy was he was game? chunky. He doesn't look that goofy. No, the the. I just want to know how big the though, boat is. <laughs> It's like slightly bigger than a surfboard. So it, it it has the right vibe to it, but it definitely isn't like it's not the boat that I imagine when I think of a boat, especially for like <laughs> ferrying like, souls down the river. So like a very tiny rowboat. Yeah, a little baby okay. rowboat. Okay. Uh, his old like a con- <laughs> uh, kayak. His ult is Charon gains crowd control immunity and summons a massive tidal wave that he sends forth across the entire battlefield. Entire batter- battlefield? Yep, it's global. Okay. Enemy gods hit by the wave are <laughs> feared, while allied gods gain protection for three seconds. Additionally, if an allied god is hit or is within 60 units directly behind the wave, they gain a move. Yeah. So, first thing I'm going to say here. It's slow as hell. It is. It, I think they said that it is one of, if not the most like our slowest moving ability in smite. Uh-huh. Um, I tried several times the to slowest. snipe someone across the map. It does not move very fast. <laughs> it takes a long time, but it is very fun. I think the, the thing that I'm I'm a big fan of with this one, like like is I think the prots are probably the biggest thing, right? 40 prots mm-hmm. for allies for three seconds after you ult is pretty big fearing your your enemies up to 1.2 like that's pretty big especially global so like if i die but i respawn just before a firefight i can throw my ult over there and still theoretically help the team but what's really fun is the 60 units behind gaining movement speed because it's a 40 percent movement speed buff but it works with your dash so if you throw out the wave you can then dash behind it and you go real far across the map wait do you pass the wave you don't pass the way, at least not that I've experienced. Wait, how wide is it? Is it like a Kraken width? Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to, <laughs> to you remember this hands. targeter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. It's not as wide as the full Kraken. OK, I don't think. I'm trying to think of what is that range? What's that wide? Like an all I think it might be. I think it's slightly skinnier than an offwash ult, but it's around that that okay, area. Okay. And it says massive, so I'm assuming pretty large. It is. Yeah. No. It is. It's a massive wave, and it does exactly what it needs to. 
And yeah. I'm again, I'm personally a big fan of this ability just because I like global ults that you throw across the map. I am bad at them and I didn't hit a single one on a playtest. I will say his kit after since we're done, like uh, reviewing um, or introducing, I guess it seems very odd for a support. He seems more like a solo laner brawl style because he yeah. has not great actual lockdown. And normally in support, you either need a ton of damage or you need really good lockdown or you need like really good peel. And it kind of seems like he's lacking in all three. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I would have to see his damage numbers when I play against him. Um, Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he has a lot of CC. Maybe he's a solo laner, but it yeah. says his passive is assist range. So I don't know if he. Oh, never mind. It's friendly lane, so it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, I. I think he's maybe a solo later. I I would have to see him in support if he actually does things. I mean, maybe with like Gladshield yeah. and all that stuff right now, you can do things. But um, definitely feels like an awkward kind of brawler. But maybe like you were talking about earlier in the mid game, you can start popping off. Yeah, he felt super awkward to me the first few levels. Like I didn't I didn't have a use. I didn't feel like I could bully in lane. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel I honestly I felt like I was I, I think there was a point. And chat, I want to be very specific. This was the first impression in the first few levels. There was a point where I sat back and I went, I think I might hate this guy. <laughs> and then I hit like level 10 and I started to get involved in mid and the the direction just changed like pretty dramatically. The first few levels I felt just utterly useless. And I want to attribute part of that to learning the kit. Like I'd never played him. I'd literally learned his abilities five seconds before having to load into the game with him. But then like once you start getting it, like the damage is kind of low, but it, you feel like you can still be impactful. The CC isn't great. Like you said, like you're lacking a lot of the things that are good for what a traditional guardian would want. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you look at the silence duration on the one, it's a single second, right? You're getting shields from the second one, but theoretically that could be countered. I think it's the 30% attack speed slow feels really nice. Cause I think at that time, like the meta was shifting towards like heavier attack speed. So I always loved that. Mm -hmm. uh, but then like, the ult it was pretty much if you could play around your ult your team was going to do great because everybody was tankier and you know the enemy wasn't doing anything they were moving a little bit faster like you got good it was a good engage without being the best engage in the game right mm -hmm. it's not as cool as like a maui ult but it still got the job done but i guess we'll see right i think there's a lot yeah I mean, because for at least competitive, like if you were doing like the EU gauntlet and a gauntlet, some like roll star stuff like that, I think he'll technically maybe be available for some of those. But like in reality, I, I'm not going to see this God or know anything about him competitively for like two months. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I assume. I mean, I assume that the stuff upcoming is like more of a for fun stuff, so he should be available. Oh, it's definitely for fun. Um, Yeah, I would. I think. After not seeing him at all, not seeing him in any game, I'd probably put him in like B or C tier just based off of yeah. the CC he has. And I have to see the amount of damage he can do. Um, but I mean, his ult, if you can get a beads of the ult, that would be massive and allow your dive to either enable your dive or mm -hmm. allow them to kill their dive because they don't have beads. Um, but his kit in a late game team fight doesn't seem great. Like, what's your engage in a late game team fight? Uh, like, are you going to, like, toss a silence at someone? Or are you going to dash in with your root? Like, yeah, at least uh, 
I guess like on a character like Atlas, you can like try to like one two people, or if they engage, you can ult. But mm-hmm. if they engage and you like fear their tanks, are you really loving that team fight? Like, unless you're ulting through their tank to their backline, but obviously that's a picture perfect team fight, and you would have to be behind your carries to do that. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'd have to wait and see. But I mean, the yeah. passive is cool. Uh, getting obviously more max health as the game goes on is cool. Um. Yeah, well, I don't we'll know see. if this we'll sways see. you one way or the other, but three minutes ago, fine. OK, said Caron is lots of fun. So I'm starting to think that maybe he is going over to solo lane uh, and they're going to once again take a god from my god pool. But I mean, that's just what they do. Yeah, that's <laughs> just what they do. So, you know, he comes in and very specifically, we've been talking about it again. Hey, watch this segue. This is going to be sick. I'm waiting. His ulti, his ult's a giant wave. Uh-huh. And when I think of giant waves, I'm thinking of the beach, which is where I'm going to be next week. I'm catching waves. And when I think of the beach, Barra, uh-huh. I think of just how blinding the sun can get. It's so how, blinding. Yeah, you just like, you know, the sand is super bright. It's mm-hmm. glistening off the water. It's absolutely gorgeous. But also, I'm a gamer. You can see like the lighting in my room's not great. This is I already have poor eyesight, things like that. I need <laughs> to protect my eyes. What better way to do it uh, than with some really nice sunglasses? And that is why I am proud to talk about the sponsor here today, which is Oakley uh, and excited to announce, I guess, the new sponsor for y'all, Oakley, because it allows uh-huh. you to express your style and build a look that's made for you specifically. Now, if I remember correctly, Barra, mm-hmm. Agro has told me not only he he quite legitimately brags about his Oakleys all the time. Of course. But I know I think you do. Well, I, you don't brag about them all the time, but I know that you personally really guy, enjoy you yours know. as well. <laughs> yeah, they feel really nice because, you know, I have a very large nose uh, and a lot of people don't talk about them, but uh, they fit very comfortably on my nose, mm-hmm. which a lot of sunglasses don't. They also just kind of feel nice in general because I've never had a nice pair of sunglasses before. Yeah. Um, And I just love them. It just feels like like a high class, high dollar almost i wouldn't say investment but it just feels nice like it makes you feel good yeah as someone who wears glasses all the time i have to tell you like a good pair of glasses feels different mm-hmm. the fact like i can wear these all day i can wear them with my headphones i can wear it like they don't press too hard in my nose like that's like that's a big deal for my glasses frames oakley's give that same kind of style they're changing the game and for those of you out there who've never heard of them it is time to discover a new a whole new world of possibilities not just a new world a whole new world possibilities if you run or you play golf if you you weight training anything to do outside anything where you're sweating anything where you need sunglasses or honestly if you just want to look like some of your favorite athletes you can go out there and get some oakley's there are a ton of of athletes that love to play that uh lamar jackson is one of them i see justin jefferson there's a lot of good names on this list actually aaron jones <laughs> mbappe there's there's a ton of them if you want to look like them or if you feel like these like are even slightly in your wheelhouse then you should absolutely need to get yourself a pair of oakley's today they're suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for the, an extension of yourself and an expression of your personality so there's a lot more than just hey here's some sunglasses and mm-hmm. then of course as you know on this show we're all about look good play good look good feel good uh, all those sorts of things and that's why oakley is the perfect partner for us because we at least especially with how bright it is. I have my window closed because otherwise it literally blinds my monitors. Mm-hmm. We do not leave the house without our Oakley, well, especially with the air quality so right now. Sure. 
Oh, yeah, right. You're like, <laughs> literally right now is the best time to have sunglasses, man. You need them. Uh, and of course, it is officially summer, right? This is it's almost officially summer. I can nix that. It is officially summer. The solstice has passed. The sun is out. Mm-hmm. It is bright. It's shining. It, July 4th was literally one of the hottest days in human history, which mm-hmm. means that you now need to upgrade your sunglass game. Go and check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. And of course, make sure that you find the kind that allows you to express yourself. And while you're looking at it, and this is something that you can look up while you're there, Oakley even offers prism lens technology. And I can hear you right now. The hell is that? It's a proprietary proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. So if you want to know more, and of course, I know you do. We've been talking about them for a few minutes. You should go over to Oakley.com and do your own research. While you're there, though, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. So when you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't just trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. So head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. And again, thank you to Oakley for sponsoring this episode of The Backliners and keeping our eyes safe. Wow. That was incredible. Yeah. You're Thanks, natural. Man. Uh, it's, that's like I host a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. like you do a lot of ad reads or something. Uh, on to the, the first buff, uh, Prophetic Cloak. I don't know if I skipped okay. anything. I'm actually kind of curious. I want to ask you. They did okay. change some conquest things. Oh, yeah. yeah the yeah, yeah. Sorry. Unleashed Titans. They've made it. So you know how, like, right now, if you beat them, the golden experience for, for defeating them is, like, global. So it doesn't, like, if they die in left while you're in right, mm-hmm. nobody needed to be there. You just get the gold. Uh, they've now made it so it's local instead. So, like, you have to actually be there and kill the the Titan to get the golden experience from it. I honestly didn't even pay attention to that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I And there you go. Bear's got his Oakley's on, dude. He's leaned back. <laughs> zoned it. He's like, whatever's on his screen, that's it, baby. Like, I never really thought about <laughs> it that way, that I was just automatically kind of getting, like, a gold fury, basically. Um, I just, like... I just knew that both teams got the golden experience from it, but I've never thought yeah. about it like, oh, yeah, I just don't have to be there. <laughs> I just- yeah. So right now you don't need to be there in the future. You'll need to be there. Uh-huh. I don't. And like they had specified it as having to make the decision between going for that or, or maybe making a fire giant call. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. This is where this is where the big difference between me and aggro comes through. I don't remember the numbers for like the golden experience that gives off the top of my head, but I don't think it was like so great that I'm leaving an FG fight or a gold fury yeah, no. fight for it. Unless I'm like really far down. Yeah. Cause then they're not getting it either. I mean, if yeah. you're leaving a fire giant fight, then they're a fire giant. So they're not going to get the farm. Either. Um, I don't know if this change really does anything. Uh, I think it just, um, <laughs> not, not to be that guy, but like, it's it's nice if you're there and you get it, but like you're saying, I feel like a lot of times now you're either there or you're not. Like either like ten players are there with the Titans or they're just off in Narnia pushing a lane yep. fighting each other. And again, as you said, you're not gonna leave a fire giant fight for it. So if you're either like in mid or solo lane and it's a late game dance and people go to the Titan you're going to get the farm. Um, but this, the, the change in my eyes just reduces the amount of farm you're going to get late game. Like, yeah, obviously. Um, 
I don't and... think it changes how you're playing in the game because I don't think you're leaving a fire giant. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that does it. It does make me wonder then because I feel like you're gonna have very similar opinions on the next one. How much would you say that soul surges have like affected your games in the uh, last two, like I guess month? Well, I played two hours of Smite the last two weeks. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, when I was scrimming a lot for the tournament, um, I didn't feel them a lot in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then once I started to utilize it and kind of learned how to use it, it actually felt pretty impactful. Okay. Um, especially the movement speed buff and obviously uh, the damage increase when you get lower. Because um, my tank players complained a lot about the damage they were taking. <laughs> uh from that thing uh so it would well, it would definitely change the way that team fights were being played or yeah sometimes how team fights even go i can give you some good news then for you which is that the move speed has been nerfed slightly right so it was giving 15 percent. they're mm -hmm. taking it down to 10 so you're gonna get a little less from that and i guess for your tanks they can be happy because it is moving like the spirit itself is moving slower and it is less tanky so like theoretically it can oh. be dealt with easier in a fight that makes sense. Um, which I the first time we played with them, I had no idea what they did and did not think anything of it. Right. It was just like, OK, uh -huh. yeah, my I, <laughs> the screen, my screen is a little differently colored now. And there's like uh -huh. this ghost guy that's really pissed off over there. I don't know what to do about it. He's throwing but then as I like started, I, I think very similar to you, like when you're in a team fight and like the soul surge starts to get bigger and you like you feel the move speed. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. my God, wait a minute. <laughs> like this is changing. Exactly, yeah. And because before it was like, okay, I'm just it just feels different. Like you're not you're not really sure what yeah. feels different. And you're not really sure how to utilize that change. Um but I will say outside of conquest, I have felt this and played with this a lot more. Um because sometimes in conquest or like scrims and SPL, if a team fight's going one way and someone dies, a lot of times the team fight will just be over. Um mm -hmm. but in like in assault, if you're not dying in this thing, you are troll. Like you should be literally hinting <laughs> through their team to make sure you are dying in this thing because <laughs> it is so OP in assault. I swear it is so OP in assault. Please. It makes me think of like the old Naja passive in exactly. a way, right? Like where yeah. like like you want to die for your team in uh -huh. assault. <laughs> yeah, because like I'll watch people in assault and they'll just run out of it and then die like three seconds later. I'm like, you could have reduced your respawn by. 30 seconds like just die inside of it that's all you have to do and kind of same for arena but less in arena but also i haven't played much arena um yeah I, I saw you were in a very very close game right before this yeah <laughs> for your arena matchup yeah i had 20 minutes and i was like we can play an arena and then that arena lasted like it's always a mistake yeah i've never i've never said i've got 20 minutes i can play a blank mode in smite and had uh -huh. it go well <laughs> Yeah, like heck, it, yeah. I could fit an assault game here 45 minutes later. Oh yeah, it's God. always those. It's always it's like it's like what happens when you're like one more game and then I'll go to bed. Like, I just want to end on a good game, like a win. But it's like a good win, you know, and then you're queuing for like three hours and you're like, you're not getting that perfect dopamine release. You're not getting that perfect game. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm uh, on to prophetic cloak. Uh, yep. <laughs> kind of. the I'm. Surprise, this didn't come in the initial patch. Uh, decrease the first protection threshold from 400 to 325. Decrease the second protection threshold from 600 to 525. Obviously, with the 
overall nerfs on all of the protections, uh, I feel like this should have been implemented initially. Yep. Um, it just makes sense. It also obviously now makes Prophetic a little bit better. I don't think a lot of people are buying the item after the change. A lot of people are just going Thebes uh, straight up. And now I think this item probably becomes more purchasable. I don't know for sure. What's your opinion as a tank player? I kept buying it. So I know like and there it was a really big balance. I think what the one of the first events, first couple of weeks of SPL this year, there was like a huge discussion of like, OK, prophetic versus Thebes, like which one are you getting first? But you're getting both. I never really graduated from getting or from from that. Like, I just kept mm, getting both because yeah. I was like, well, I like prots. I like hitting people. That's that's the item for me. I'm going to be a bully anyway. Mm. Uh, but I feel like this is like you said, I think it's just it feels right. I wonder yeah. I am curious where it's going to fall in certain builds and like. If this becomes an item now that, yeah, you can get it, but maybe you're getting it because you still want to stack up all the, the, the attacks. So you still want to get it early if you're going to get it. But is it going to be worthwhile versus just getting a straight up prod item in, in its mm -hmm. place is going to be the real big question. I think we have to, to test. Yeah, I think you're just you're going through two tests of can my God proc it easily. Yeah. If yes. Can they kill me easily while I'm stacking it? If both, yep. <laughs> you know, if you pass both tests then I think you're buying the item uh, on the silver branch, increase max stacks from 20 to 40. This initial nerf flash change to this item didn't really make sense because this item in my eyes was already dead. Yep. Uh, so I, I was very confused when they changed the max stacks anyways. I don't know if it was like overperforming in lower games or if they just wanted to do that as a shift or what it was exactly kind of just seemed like the item just got hit out of nowhere. It's always one of those things it's getting seen somewhere it just depends exactly. on where right yeah <laughs> and so like you said like it's not maybe not hitting your games but like then in the other 80 percent somehow yep. it's like always there so it it was one i kind of remember feeling the same way where i was like oh wait was i supposed to have been building silver branch like did i mess up like uh -huh. have i been been throwing games by not having this item and even like buffing it back like i don't know I guess this is better for for like your perspective, but like with the way the builds have been going, does this make that big of a difference? I don't think so. Uh, like, I don't know if it's like all of a sudden a must buy. And I think it just like is now technically you could buy it and it doesn't feel bad. Yeah, I I view it as it's kind of just the same item as it was before, um, except on certain steroid hunters, if you're like an Iznami or an Artemis and you have an insane steroid and you get a lot of power, I think maybe you can gravitate towards this. It's mm -hmm. like you go to Death Toll first and you sell this or sell Death Toll late game to get a silver branch yeah. or like fifth or slash sixth item. Um, you might be able to fit it in. But I still kind of think silver branch is just a bad item unless you're just stacking attack speed across the board. Um, but I haven't played enough Smite lately to have a good enough opinion about builds mm -hmm. right now to kind of direct people in a certain path. I feel like even when I know what builds are being built, I don't have a good enough opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, for hunters, it's just there's always one tried and true build. And then mm -hmm. there's the pros always want to do like slight deviations off of that build. Like Coast hates Oboe. Yep. hates oboe he will never buy that item but like other pros will always buy oboe but he just always gravitates towards like creation um mm -hmm. yeah just 
I don't know if the item Silver Branch is good enough to purchase, but I think it's okay. I'll just put the okay stamp on it. I think it's like a solid like C or B. Tier. You're slamming, you're slamming arena. You just want to buy it. Go for it. Yep, basically. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Slight Toxic Blade buff. Decreased cost from 24 to 2300. Decreased max stacks from 4 to 3. Increased anti-ill debuff from 15% to 20%. Increased attack speed buff and debuff from 5% to 7%. So Yeah, so if my math is right, the anti-heal is still the same. It's just, mm -hmm. or at max, like if you get all the stacks, it's just you get it faster. Mm -hmm. And then the um, attack speed is more. Yeah, so you just get to... And this feels like something, like, I guess there was a while where... What was it? I think it was in a soul build. Like, Toxic Blade was pretty big for, like, hunters and, like, occasionally. Mm -hmm. But... I think with a lot of the anti-heal, like it got nerfed pretty badly. So mm -hmm. I am definitely welcoming an easier applied anti-heal that also then makes you attack. Like if it's my assassin, I don't really care. Somebody is getting some anti-heal out there and that feels good to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is like a sneak OP item in Hunter right now, but it doesn't give you enough damage, I don't think. Um, to slot in yeah. easily, unless you don't need damage as a hunter right now, which I think in most cases you do. Um, but I think on other classes, you can easily slot in a Toxic Blade. Um, you know, obviously, if your character goes for it, or if you uh, lean towards an attack speed build. Uh, next is Glorious Pridwin nerf. Uh, decreased explosion. This needed it. <laughs> yes, 100%. Decreased explosion damage from 75% to 65%. Um, if you haven't been playing Smite lately, this item was killing you. Uh, this item, you were just getting ulted on and then dying. I learned that in SPL against Ducky when he was Nirvana <laughs> and I was Soul. I was like, okay, maybe I have to Aegis the Tankle. And that feels really bad. But then I'm like, yep. do I just use my Aegis on his ult? And then he punches me with his other three buttons. And like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyways... This item was just <laughs> killing you. If you're a backliner right now, you had to like play around this proc heavily. And what's interesting, at least to me, like 75 to 65 percent, like that's not it's a, it's a pretty big damage buff, like 10 like percentages at any point is, is big. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like 65 percent of your protection, like that's still going to be a pretty chunky explosion. And so I'm really curious to see what this is, looks like, you know, starting Tuesday, because I feel like it could still I don't think this is one of those nerfs that it's like, oh, can't touch it. The item's dead, gone forever. Mm -hmm. I feel like it still has that that area yeah. that you can build it in and feel good about it. Yeah, I think I completely agree. I think it was in the OP territory before, and now I just think it's moving Now it's towards... just like a, a good item. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in the really good territory still. It goes from like S plus tier to S minus or like A plus tier. Like, it's still a very good item. Uh... Onto normal class buffs and god buffs. Increase the mage class bonus magical power scaling per level from 1 to 2. Uh, this provides 20 extra magical power at level 20. Um, yeah, so their class was giving, I think literally it was only giving 20 uh, passive power as they leveled up, right? It was literally <laughs> one magical power all the way up. Yeah. So you're getting double power. I don't know i honestly i don't play enough mages lately to be able to tell if this is going to be something you can truly fear but like that's 20 free power i can't imagine you'd complain about it <laughs> yeah and i don't are mages just weak right now and are people like running double hunter a lot 
Um, yeah, that's what it was. A lot of, at least, especially for the tournament. But I think that that mm-hmm. you know moved on into casuals, which is this. People were, you know, you're building. We had assassins that were being played in mid. If it wasn't an assassin, it was a hunter. If it wasn't a hunter, it was a healer. And that was the three. That was that was your mid lane. If it wasn't any of those, then it was like Hebo. <laughs> and that was and it was a very rare maybe instance. And the few times I think that they that we saw it, it wasn't. I mean, mages themselves weren't bad, but they definitely still felt different. Mm-hmm. And I think if you ask like people who main mid, they'll tell you that it was bad. So. This feels like it's giving them a little bit to to maybe lean more on, but not breaking things in their favor. Yeah, I, as a hunter player, I think the mage class being good is always a good thing because Mm -hmm. if the mage class isn't good, then it turns into this awkward kind of like triangle of if I pick a mage, I'm going to get pressured by the assassin and if I pick a hunter, like I can pressure sometimes the assassin, sometimes the mage. And then if they can like stop my pressure as a hunter, it just turns into like a very awkward pick and ban yeah. situation when mages aren't just good. Um, so I think anything that can make mages good in mid is very good for the game and healthy. Uh, next I'll is take Alma buff. Alma's three got buffed. <laughs> Her base damage on her three goes from 60 to 80, decrease cooldown from 16 to 15, and it still scales all the way up to 300. Yep. Uh, it's probably just to turn the knob on the Amadash. What's slide. really interesting, <laughs> and yeah, it's that slight, right? Like, so having it like it's 20 power, 15, 10. Five zero, like that's how much each one was buffed. Uh-huh. So like level one for your three, not even level one, because who's getting your three at level one? It, the first point you have in your three, like okay, you're hitting a little harder, your cooldowns a little less. <laughs> but, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't have much more than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same but, way. Like, yep, she dashes slightly sooner and uh, does slightly more damage, but I. Don't think but that. only in the early game. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it's enough to make this god good, unfortunately. Uh, fast step buff, Razor Whip, physical power scaling goes from 25% to 27.5% per tick. Decrease cooldown from 11 seconds to 10 seconds. And uh, there you go, Scream's back, baby. Yeah, Scream's back. Ravens uh, are winning worlds. He's been complaining about a fast step buff <laughs> for, you know, it's been a very long time. Uh... Is this enough to make Bastet good? Probably not. Um, you know, there's an Erlong character that got three buffs. Uh, his damage mitigation got buffed by like 20%. Bastet's mm-hmm. two got a... I don't even know how many times this thing ticks, like four times. So it got a 10% scaling buff and a one one second cooldown. So probably not good enough for that character to come back, but I like the I like the spirit and I like the attitude. Uh, Cerberus buff, I think this is the 20th Cerberus buff in a row. Uh, Decreased cooldown on the spit from 13 seconds to 13, scaling down to 11. Ghastly breath, decreased cooldown from 15 seconds to 14 seconds. Surely now, Gore, this character has to be good. Surely. Surely. (laughs) And what I think is interesting, so like, you know, and this goes for a lot of these, the especially like Ama, Bastet, and now like at least the Ghastly Breath, mm-hmm. where it's like a bunch of little changes that don't 
don't feel super impactful yet, but I think the paralyzing spit, like 11 seconds cooldown on that. I think like you can get it to do some good damage. I saw what variety can do on this God, and that's enough for me to say like, hey, man, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think variety is literally the only Cerberus he's the player. Cerberus guy. <laughs> yeah, there's no one else in the SPL that can play this character well. And I will I will stand by that forever. Like when you try to when you watch support players play this God, it is not good. And it goes for every yeah. other soul in the league. Like, I think Harry is the only Cerberus guy. Is this enough to actually make him good? I don't know. But also, you kind of combo the two and the one. So maybe the spit cooldown felt a little awkwardly timed. Yeah, I think that like because especially when you have to hit. What well, it's four projectiles, right? One for each head and the tail uh -huh. to get it to like actually stun. So it was like super obnoxious. If you miss it, you just felt like you don't have anything you could do for 13 full seconds. Uh huh. And this helps that yeah. the other the alternative, you know, advice was get good, but that doesn't work for everybody. Also, this ability, <laughs> I dude, this is not a get good ability. This is a pray to the Lord that you hit this ability. Like, yeah, I don't even think Harry hits his ones. I think he just has great ults. Like, <laughs> I, I, dude, I don't think anyone in the world can reliably hit a certain nope. one consistently like it is probably the hardest ability to hit stun obviously if you're hitting yeah. all four uh yes you can hit it's an easy ability to hit yeah it's impossible to stun yeah to get the is, use out of it it is so hard it's also like so easily it's like easier than a herc 2 to read because a serb player just starts like awkwardly backing up away from you yeah <laughs> why would you take five steps behind yeah. <laughs> oh i wonder yeah I, I just think this character dies like after he twos and ones, he just kind of stands there and auto attacks you. Um, yep. I, I don't think he's good enough to be played, unfortunately, but maybe two more buffs down the road. He'll be good enough. Uh, Ryzen percussive storm. One. I want to say it's his one. OK, increase magical power scaling from 25 percent to 30 percent per hit. That is one. That is his one. Interesting. OK. How many times does this hit? So three, boom, it's three. Yeah, three shots. Boom, boom, okay. boom. But I think and I can't remember. I'd have to look at it again. I feel like it's. Uh, what's it called? It's one hit, one hit. But then the lat like it's the third hit is two. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lightning hits at once. So it's yeah. like a little extra. So is I don't know. This is a Shinto buff. Is it, there you go. Does this make okay? Ryzen is the same as like Freya. I think he either does enough damage or he doesn't. And yep. I and right now he doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you're Ryzen into Nirvana solo, I don't know if you're really able to kill him. Now, I feel like it's going to take you several cycles of buttons. So, I do like the direction of all these kind of slight turns. Uh, yeah, the knobs, but it, it's nice that you don't see. I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, the Erlong buff from before uh, the triple buff. I think that those buffs are a little crazy, but I, li I like the five percent. Mm -hmm. I like the one seconds. Um, next is team at buff. Death begets life. I assume that that's her dog form ult or maybe just her dog form passive. 
Uh, increased scale mitigation earned from magic power from 5% to 6%. This means the amount requires 100 less magic power to reach the cap. So probably just adjusting off of the nerf, the nerfing from the last patch. Yep. Uh, fixed description to clarify cap of 30% was previously listed as 25%, but working as 30%. Yep, the one of the like you said, I mean, you nailed it, right? Mm -hmm. It's a passive change. Very, I think, small overall. But 100 less magical power to reach the cap is like kind of a big deal, I think, in, in certain circumstances. Tiamat was already like, well, I want to say we saw like four mages <laughs> in mid the entire the entire thing for uh, Masters and Tiamat was on that list. It was pretty low down, but still on that list. And so it feels like it could could exist in there. Mm hmm. Maybe maybe Tiamat comes back. I don't know. Tiamat's one of those weird gods that I always like. I bounce back and forth between. Because she doesn't have anything that's like big, bombastic and, and, and eye catching, but she does a ton of damage throughout the game. So it's mm -hmm. like your Tiamats are always going to do well when they're when she's good. But I am I have a caster bias, which is. I like big things that make like I like Scylla ults, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like it's yeah, super yeah. simple. You can see what's happening and it feels like it's got a huge impact. So like Tiamat's one of those like really good mages that just always feels like she's there. This feels like it helps her be there a little more. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, like show, show show some of the burst mages some love again is where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, really good God for, as you said, just farming damage throughout the entire game. Really good for Siege defense, really good for siege offense. Um, I don't know if it's enough to push Tiamat into the forefront, but I already thought she was like a decently good character. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's nice that she got a buff. Uh, Uller 3, physical power scaling going from 90% to 100%. Uh, Which I think is reverting a nerf that he uh -huh. ate sometime in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree, because Uller's numbers have been changed so much. And it's always, he's the same as Freya, like you either kill someone or you don't. Um, yep. And probably after the nerfing, it is probably way harder to just ask someone to make them immediately respect you. Um, so now Uller's 3 goes from physical, physical power scaling from 90% to 100%. And uh, his ult goes from Uller now gains half of the stat bonuses when the opposite stands. That's yeah, I feel like interesting buff. I feel like he was receiving some. I can't remember what it was, though. Maybe I'm lying. In that he wasn't and that I knew this change was coming or something like that. But yeah, like that's actually, I think, the one that maybe makes this change worthwhile, right? Like 10 percent, mm -hmm. your your hail of arrows doing a lot more damage is like awesome. Um, someone said Uller is now Uller pre tier five skin. But the the half the stat bonuses when in the opposite stance is like super helpful for having lifesteal when you're actually ranged where it feels like it might be helpful. But also then uh, having. Oh, my God. What does this ranged passive give? Uh, cool attack speed. Attack speed, which now that I'm thinking about it, maybe isn't as impactful, but still feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably feels better for farming than fighting because. I think the best Uller players in the world aren't really auto-attacking that much. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Uller's threat as a character, in my eyes, is if you're getting axed, do you have to be, do you have to immediately react? And then, also, Uller's a character that cannot kill Fire Giant. He just 
can't. Unless you're building him like a normal hunter, he just can't. Uh, after the boost, don't nerf. Um, yeah. And I think that for comp, that is such an important thing to be able to either kill Fire Giant or hunt on a corner, which Uller can hunt on a corner, so maybe you see that, but obviously you just don't have to step up if you know <laughs> their team comp doesn't kill Fire. There's um, a good reason that Uller, when he's been seen lately, is getting thrown towards mid, and it's because, yeah, like, exactly. He he does good at kill thing. <laughs> yeah, if if you can make a support respect the axe, then you're a good character. If you can't, then you're a bad character. Um, Oleron shift uh, touch yeah. of fate, which is the passive initial threshold decrease from 150 power to 100 power, increase base critical hit chance from 50 percent to 20 percent, increase conversion from 1 percent to 2 percent per 10 magical power from items. Decrease critical strike damage from 1.5 to 1.3. Yeah, so, so you crit more often, but don't hit as hard. Yeah. Which I think it's good overall, because I I played a lot of Ola Run leading up to the tournament. And yeah. I would always get to like 40 to 50% crit chance. So this might allow you to hit like 60 to 70%. Um, That's not bad. Yeah, seventy <laughs> percent is a really high number. Yeah, but it just depends on does their front line have to respect me? Because one point five to one point three for an Ola run is a lot. That's a big drop off in damage. Yeah, um, which are critting more. So I don't know number wise. Is it you know is it more damage? Is it the same damage? But obviously, being able to crit early game, uh, or earlier, I guess, just makes you more impactful. Yep. Um, but I don't know what started. Sometimes I read things like this and my brain is so simple where I just say, hey, it turns out that his ult is still the same. Therefore, we're good. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, Signified field still exists. If he's going to be meta, like I, I like, I don't know if this because like, I mean, it's a shift for a reason, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like not inherently buff, not inherently nerf. If it makes him good enough early on, like since he was already kind of teetering on the edge. As long as you can survive long enough or like deal some damage and get your ult off impactfully in a team fight, then usually that's enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I already thought Alor was a really good character. This probably just boosts his early game even. Um, Achilles, I call that a win. Achilles nerf, gift of the gods, decreased protection bonus per level from 2 to 1.5, decreased physical power bonus per level from 2 to 1.5. So I assume this is his passive? Yes. Okay. So I think, yeah, it's like his passive when armored, his passive when naked. That's probably not the right phrase for it, but when not armored. Yeah, so basically from 40 to 30 on power and prots, which. Yeah, which. Uh, I thought Achilles was good, but I don't know if he's like OP, right? He was rising during the tournament. But I feel like a lot of what he was doing wasn't. I mean, I guess there were some moments on his own where he was really popping off, but like. Mm -hmm. It definitely felt like what was making him obnoxious was the amount of times people got to to hit his uh, execute, which was a lot higher than I feel like I've seen in the past. But he was annoying to everyone who played against him. And I think that definitely started to shine through towards it. And I think and we had kind of said this earlier, it feels like all of the nerfs, all of the buffs, all of the changes in this are all like really small changes. Mm -hmm. that are nudging them in the right direction as opposed to what like what we have seen in the past which is like all right this guy's doing really great so we're gonna gut his kit 
Yeah. And so it's like, this is one of those changes that like he was doing okay, but he wasn't like number one. He wasn't first pick. And guess what? He's still not first pick. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I assume for casuals, uh, probably playing against Achilles in like an arena game or something is probably really frustrating. Especially if he's in armor stance, because that boy is a tanky boy right now, so they probably don't yep. know how to deal with him. Um, so yeah, probably good for the casual scene. Uh, Hachiman nerf, uh, the passive going from decreased base attack speed, gain per stack from 2% to 1%. I assume Hachi was still like OP across the board and like every level yep. of play. Um, so this is, probably, this is probably the biggest nerf we've seen uh, and probably necessary. Uh, Ravana nerf, this god is just absurd. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I feel like this might not even be enough. <laughs> like, yeah. he was, he's ridiculous right now. I'm completely with you. Uh, decreased health shield gain per sack from 9% to 8% over Ravana's max HP. Uh, the thing about this is I don't know if this changes his laning phase enough to yeah. be bad in lane. And I assume as a backliner, this does not change me killing this guy or not killing this guy. Nope. Um, if he's... This plus the Glorious Pridwin nerf is kind of a double nerf on him, but I don't think it's enough to take him out. Um, Lawbringer, increased cooldown scaling from 90 to 70 seconds to 90%, 90 seconds at all ranks. This yep. just needed to happen. This ult is probably one of the best ults in the game right now in my eyes. Um, Especially as, with his passive. He's so good. Yeah, he's just unkillable. He has a long-range giant AoE stun, and... Even as a pro player, I don't think most pro players are used to even playing against this or learning how to react to this. Like, is it worth me dashing and jumping? Should I ult this? Should I dash this? It just feels very different to play against this now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this was a necessary nerf. 100%. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Especially because, like, after the buff he got, there's a point I remember we were in the green room. I was talking to Hindu about it and I was like, so Tyr has a better passive. He's got better engage like than than I think we were talking about Geb because we were like, you just gave oh, him yeah. ranged cataclysm. And it's like, so he's got a better ult, a better like better CC, better passive. He's just a better everything than like a few gods who have a similar style of play. And uh, I was honestly, I guess it's just because Yorm has also been kind of or at least was a little crazy. I was surprised we weren't seeing him as often as we did. Like, it felt like he was not getting picked up as much as I thought he should have. Are you talking about Yorm or Tyr? Uh, Tyr. I yeah. feel like Tyr should have been picked up way more. I completely agree. Uh, I feel like playing against this guy's a backliner and a frontliner. Like, I mean, I remember being in game one. Uh, Hurry just got ulted on by Tyr's Ganesh and just got pushed into five people and died. And it's like people just aren't used to playing against this and reacting against this. It just feels so different and so. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think this guy was. But yeah, I was on the same page with Yorm because Yorm just kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think we played one game with Yorm or played against Yorm at all. Um, it turns out that God's super OP. I knew when I think it was when Ducky was talking about it and seemed very certain that it was going to be really great i was like oh this there's there's something more to this than i thought before yeah there's some tech yeah um i mean overall a good patch uh, excited to see how karen perform or Karen. yeah Car 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 yeah i'm gonna i want to keep my eyes on him because he's 
he seems like he could be good, but he might not be good in the role I want him to be good in. <laughs> yeah, I just I just feel like kind of as a support. You just need CC and you need CC or you need to be able to kill people like a warrior. So I yeah. don't think he does either one. I think obviously if the team fight goes your way, um, I think the character will be really good, but I think most situations, I don't think the team fight's going to hundred percent. Yeah, he's going to be. Again, I'm super biased towards him feeling good, but I won that game and we won it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that it was the first playtest game, at least that week that aggro had won in like three weeks. So it felt pretty good for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. But. I don't think I've spent enough time on him to be like, I don't feel as good of an authority as I could be on him. I'm really excited to see. I think like he's got a place in maybe not in the meta right now, but I feel like he's got a place and he's going to find it. And it's just seeing what people do. PTS is going to be like a big eye opener, I think, on that. Yeah, I I just feel like he's not as good in support. Uh, I think. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be over there. Which kind of makes me sad. Which makes me sad. Yeah, I feel like there's just not a lot of great guardians. I think guardians are like in an okay spot in soul or support. But I mean, maybe maybe magicals in solo would be fun for the meta. I mean, Sir Buff and this god coming out. But does he do enough damage as a soul inner? Can you just prid when someone down and kill them? Can you glad shield them? Can you spike them down? Yeah, Um, I think maybe he can do enough. Sorry, I'm waiting for a question of the week, and then we are we were good. I, I asked I asked the uh, Discord if they had any questions. We didn't have. Oh yeah, for like the what up. the random question of the week. Yeah, I don't want to end. Or uh, just ran or questions in general. How does Gore be so good at casting? Okay, I'm gonna tell you this. That's a great question, and it has a very legitimate answer, and it is I. I am so self-deprecating with my casts that I can have like I did finals this last this at Masters. Right. And I I remember I had a conversation with Hindu because I think we were talking about worlds and stuff because like when Dave left, it it really did open this conversation of like, who does finals now? Like who Mm -hmm. who's who's the one who does that? And I'm going to go ahead and point it out there. There is not a damn thing about world set in stone. <laughs> but I remember thinking. I I told him I was like part of my brain. I had this discussion with Agra recently. Part of my brain is very egotistical and is like, I can give you the best cast that you're going to get of the people that are employed. But another part of my brain is. I'm never going to be good enough. Oh, no what's going to happen like and and so it's this weird balance but i think um uh-huh. practice and and self-deprecation <laughs> i i told I, I was impressed with myself because I, I sent him something for commentary review i have a page and a half of notes he told me he had three pages of notes um but then not all of them were bad so you know like that's that's a compliment to me but i switched to doing like play-by-play recently And for the first time in like years, I had like five or six sets in a row where I left the cast and I didn't think, oh, my God, that was awful. And that was weird to me because I was like, I there would be times like I'd do something as a chair, too, and it wouldn't even be bad. I would just sit back and I'd be like, that just wasn't 
as informative as it should be. Like, I just feel like I was lacking. Something was lacking. But then I got to do play by play and I'm like, I feel like I'm doing the energy. I got the words. I, I feel like I'm, I'm in there. And so practice is the, the true answer. A lot of reps. A lot of reps. Go listen to any of my Paladins casts. They sound awful. Are you in the moment when you cast and you're not like you're not self-deprecating during the cast it's always after the cast <laughs> or is it during it's the cast? a little bit of both really <laughs> it depends it it does depend i think there are times i will it won't last long because like a lot of the time it is in the moment but like if i i flub something at the very end i'll just kind of lean back in my chair give a little <laughs> huff where the mic can't heal it and then be like all right whatever let's move on right uh-huh. And then after the cast, I'll look over like Trelly or Mifflin or something. I'll be like, damn, if I didn't mess up this one spot and almost every single time, they're just like, dude, I didn't even know you did that. Nobody noticed that. Like <laughs> you're you're overthinking it. And that's usually what it is. I, I, I even said that I said this to one of my friends earlier. I said overthinking is a bad habit of mine, a bad hobby of mine. Yeah, um, it was yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> so I feel like the way you talk about casting is the way I feel about me playing professional. Like, I'm so hard on myself, but in the moment, I'm not hard on myself at all. Yeah. But after the game, like, if you ask me immediately after the game, (laughs) I will recall every single time I messed up during that. Yep. And like, God help you if it comes to VOD review. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's the worst. (laughs) We don't even need to do VOD review because I can remember all of my mistakes and all of the mistakes of my teammates that were directly in front of me. Like. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's just kind of funny because like neil was like that it's like sometimes after we scrim it feels like our team is so not like self-deprecating all of us but like we'll talk about everything that we need to talk about like yeah. either during the game or right after the game so he's like what am i even supposed to talk about that you guys haven't already talked about and i'm, I'm that way about myself and my own gameplay because if i messed up like one or two abilities or messed up one or two sequences. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. if I had done that one to like 3% better, I think maybe we could have won that team fight or made that situation slightly better. Um, and I've just always been that way where I just, do you, do you find yourself like having an ego, like a little, like at least a little, like yourself, like, okay, here's all the mistakes I made. Here's why I'm not good. But then you also have the but here's why I'm also the goddamn greatest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you have that? OK. Yeah. Because like every time I have that, like I I think I because I make the schedule for the casters and I have mm-hmm. for this year, I think for a little bit of last year after Agra left. Um, and like. You know, when, it was always easy. I, I even said this, like when we had Dave, if it was a big set, I put Dave on it and it was that simple. I never had to think anymore about it. Mm-hmm. But then. Because I've been essentially filling in aggro's spot where I would just do whatever we needed as opposed to having a specific role. So it's like, hey, you know what? We need to give Trelia set off. I guess I'm doing this set and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think it intrinsically made me worse at both because I couldn't I never had enough time to practice one or the other. It'd be kind of like if you were playing competitively, but you were also like you were playing Hunter and mid. And it wasn't a meta where hunters were being played mid. So you, yeah. you didn't like translate over. And so it was just like I had I was constantly bouncing between the two. And then towards the 
or actually throughout most of this first phase, Dave was on like PTO for a bunch of stuff, but he had weddings to go to or something mm-hmm. to do. And so I kind of got to just put myself wherever I wanted for a lot of it. And I just kept like, OK, we're going to do play by play, do play by play, do play by play, play. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I was like, hey, I feel I feel like I'm getting pretty good at this. And so and actually it was one of your sets. I think it was you guys versus Ferryman. I want to say week five of SPL was like one of the casts that after it, I was like, if I could do that every single time. Like people would talk about me as if I was the best caster that had ever touched smite. And I was mm-hmm. like, the problem is, is I can't do that every time. <laughs> so we got to work on that part. Yeah, if all you need to do is consistency, I mean, consistency is the easiest thing to do. You know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is just be good all the time. Just do it every time, all the time, forever. It's yeah, that easy. Just Come on. don't miss any abilities for auto attacks. <laughs> it's just, just don't miss. Uh, Neon asked a question. What is the most important thing on your bucket list that you haven't accomplished? yet? Ooh. I don't know if I have a bucket. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a like list. Like, I guess I have some things that I want to do, but nothing that I'm like. Pressed, I don't have like a full things to do before I die. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff I want to do. And hopefully I don't die before then, I guess. Um, <laughs> I kind of like not thinking about when I'm going to die. So that's part of the other <laughs> portion of this. Yeah, I would say, like, go to Europe to die. You know? Yeah, I think go to Europe with Katie, because like I've been and she's been, mm-hmm. but we've never gone together. So I think that'd be kind of fun. But like, that's like the only like super big thing that I can think of. Um, yeah, mine's probably. I'd like to cast a like a Super Bowl or a Stanley Cup, like something massive. That'd be kind of cool. I think I would either want to travel around or I would want to volunteer and feel like I'm making a heavy impact. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that would make me feel complete bucket list wise, where I would like, okay, I've helped like X amount of people. I can die now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay. You made the world a better place than you found it. Exactly. And I I think that's, I mean, I'm like you. I feel like I don't have like a bucket list. Like, I'm not crazy about like going like skydiving or like climbing Everest. Ooh, God, or... no. I, I'm so bad with heights. Don't yeah. want to do it. I OK, I do want to go snowboarding, though. So maybe that's that's a bucket lister for me. you I'm... should hit up Dave because he likes to snowboard and he could probably teach something. Well, I feel like sick. I would be terrible at it. Oh, so I never too. I don't think I want to try. Yeah. And Dolson unfortunately seems like the kind of guy that's probably just base level good at everything. He seems. Yeah, right. That's it's kind of unfair. He's got that energy. Uh, (laughs) Him and pretty hair had the same thing where they're both really tall, really handsome, also really nice, despite everything, really talented Uh at everything they seem to do. And it's just like, there's got to be something wrong with you. Uh, And it turns out there's not. And it's just wild. Yeah, like, what makes you tick? What makes you better than me? <laughs> Why are you, uh, quite literally, as it turns out, the perfect human being that I've ever met? Like, what, 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 what is, is life this? so unfair? <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way when I stood next to him for interviews and people were like, Bear, I didn't know you were short. I'm like, I'm not Dude, short, man. 
me i'm five foot eight and i look like a dwarf <laughs> compared to them like i've got wide shoulders uh-huh and in a normal environment i just look like a big dude but when i'm standing next to because he's six foot four myth six three uh-huh. finch was six three or six four uh, j max six one i think trelly's five ten trelly's the only one i look like a normal human next mm-hmm. to everybody else i looked so small and it made me like I, I think I felt what Taco must have felt like, right? Or it's just like, why do I work with literal giants? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like every time Dolson does an interview, he's like taking his kid to like daycare. Like we're just, we're just all his kids. And he's just like giving us a lunchbox and like, I'll pick you up at 12. Like, okay. Oh, uh, I think that's the last question. So if you want to close it out and do the aggro, clo- do, do you know the close out? Okay, let me see if I do it, and if okay. I don't do it wrong, yell at me, and then I'll try it again. Okay, I'll self-deprecate um, you. <laughs> yeah, it would self-deprecate me, but from you. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll hit the, I'm going to hit the important things, which is really okay. upfront. Again, thanks to Oakley for sponsoring this episode of the Backliners. Like, that's a, that's a big deal. Make sure you check them out at Oakley.com. As well as the fact that I was here as a guest host, that I appreciate you for having me, especially you, Barra, and talking to me because I think I like talking to you. So that's just, it's always fun. Um, I have no idea, personally, when the next episode's going to be. And I can't tell you, but you can follow Barra and aggro on Twitter, and mm-hmm. they're going to know a lot more. You can also follow the podcast, you know, the backliners on Twitter, follow at prediction esports here, as well as on Twitter and everywhere else, as well as on like YouTube, things like that. Um, I said the sponsor, I said, uh-huh. the, I said the thanks, I said uh-huh. the follow, which means that I can say thank you to all the patrons on patreon because i remember you have it because i'm good at my job baby let's go (laughs) uh so thanks to everybody who supports the podcast everywhere Uh, of course it means it and to everyone who's in the discord who submits questions for things like the random question of the week and and all that Uh, Mm -hmm. so for myself from barra thank you so much and then the way he ends it is saying barra you know what to do perfect bye oh i have to flip it this time oh no Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.